and welcome to Sounding Board, the podcast about freedom and capitalism, and conservatism and socialism. Up. Yeah. So why the uh, why the Jeremy Corbyn mask? And uh, if I may take off the Make America Great Again. Hat. It's not even. It's not really on, to be honest, Nick. This look. This is your your head is tiny, and I can, can only it? imagine can it's it? because you've got a small brain. No, no, no. Look at that. Perfect. No. Anyway, anyway, why the props? So I wanted to talk about the left and the right. Okay. And more specifically, the differences between leftists and rightists and people who tend to, you know, to, to, to be on one side or the other. Okay. Um, so I thought we'd start off by just defining the difference between left and right. I know we've done it a couple of times before um, with left-right games and that kind of thing, but I wanted to get a definition down. Um, to start you you, you like doing this, don't you? You like just... Keep on going with the subject until you can define it in the most succinct way you can. Well, yeah, so it's, it's, how, it's how I write code. So um, you, you've probably heard of test-driven development, for, but for the yeah. benefit of our special friend. When you're writing code, uh, if, you, if you're trying to do it properly, what you'll do is you'll write a series of tests first so that you know when your code passes that test or those tests, you're done and you can move on to something else. Yeah. Um, so what you do is you write these tests. Uh, you then write code just to pass the test. You're not worried about how good your code is at this point. All you're doing is just writing to pass the tests. Once all the tests are green and they're all passed, you then go back into your code and you do this kind of refactoring loop where you'll think, okay, I can remove that section or I'm repeating myself here. Make a small change, uh, see if it passes the test again, uh, and then make another small change and keep doing this loop of refactoring and refactoring until you get some nice clean code. And that's kind of what I did with my definition. So I'd start off with trying to define the left and the right, uh, and then I, you know, I just try and shrink it down and say, well, okay, well that's simplify. That, that, that's not needed, yeah. or that's too confusing. Um, so if I give you my succinct definition, okay. or just you know differences between the left and the right, and then hear me out, and then we'll perhaps unpack it afterwards. Okay. Okay. So the right, I think, can be boiled down to elite control. And the left... Two words you got there for the your left, definition. I think you can break this down into public ownership. And you'll notice that the words state and government are conspicuous due to their absence. Yes. But that honestly wasn't intentional. They were in there to start off with. Yeah. But I couldn't get a, a broad enough range of people. So I'm going with, to start with, with, I'm going to start with left then. Okay. Public, Public ownership. ownership. Yes. So you've chosen. Uh, I'm. I'm just literally going to critique your definition. Sure. Sure. That's what we're here for. Public, not collective, ownership. Or do you see those terms as being fairly interchangeable in this I, case? I saw public to mean collective, but having the word collective in it is possibly a better definition. Have I just improved your definition? Collective ownership. You have. <laughs> That's why you should have talked to me first. That's why. That's why we do it on the podcast. Okay, collective ownership. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, the again, I suppose. I guess collective, meaning meaning everybody though. So it's not just like you and I and a few other people will own something. I could still that's still collective ownership, but it needs to be everyone owning it, which is why I kind of erred towards the word public. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but again, you can only do this when you're, you're talking about a discrete group anyway. You know, it's, it's not just, you, you have to look at a 
a, a town, a country, or whatever to say that they are acting in this way in order to use this definition. So the, the, the size of the collective, the size of the public, it's either that or you're meaning public by meaning everyone. Yes. Yeah. That's as, opposed, of... as opposed to just a specific, small, any size group within an existing framework. So public meaning everyone. Okay. In which case we'll go back to... And, and the, reason, the reason that I didn't include the word state or government in there yeah. is because that doesn't include your kind of your libertarian, there's no such thing as libertarian, you anarchists. Don't even, yeah. Yeah, you anarcho-communists, these people who just want complete democratic control of everything, but they don't want a state. So this still includes them. Yeah, okay. Although the vast majority of leftists will use the state as a proxy for the people. Yes, and I suppose this is, you could almost, well, no, I agree, and you could almost, again, replace public there with people's, you could, could. people's ownership, but again, that's that's a weighty word. I quite like that, though. Yeah, but again, the the reason for even saying that is because it's a loaded term, isn't it? And I've written about this on the blog and stuff as well, about the people's this and the people's that, and uh, I mean, Boris Johnson has basically been trolling it hasn't he since uh, uh since well, the, the election the people, people's government people's it? government and all this all this kind of stuff um and there's, there's just a, a, a part of me is like I, I i really hope you're doing this because it's funny well i really hope he is trolling rather than you, it's it being not as genuine. obvious as when for example donald trump trolls people yeah um but we've spoken about this uh, before he's as the well. master he's yeah, but i don't even think master. he knows he's doing it i think i think it's it's natural to him it's it's just natural to him. It's like it's like asking Usain Bolt to run. He just he doesn't know how he gets that fast. He just gets that fast. That that's just the words come out of Donald Trump's mouth, or he types them on his phone, and out comes a tweet. Um, but anyway, that aside. So, so are, you, are you reasonably happy with with my left definition? I, ownership is so important in this, um, and I think I would I would want to qualify some of these things with. With the op- just to define that the opposites don't even exist, you know, this is public ownership, but you know, you don't own anything. It's you could you could almost define it by a negative in terms of saying no private property. That would be another way of defining the left. In it, in extreme terms, the left could be defined as nothing private. I nearly had no private property, but it, it was too many words. <laughs> you're, you're just trying to get it down to two. Okay, but as long as you feel I'm on the right lines yeah, there absolutely, absolutely. In, in the definition. Okay, uh, and then your, your right was elite control. Elite control, yeah. And, and the reason... the reason That's that, really funny. I've got a customer called Elite Control Systems or something. Have you? Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So the reason, that, again, that didn't have the state or government in there yeah. is because it's not always the state. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, right, writers tend to be quite fond of the royal family. Um, it could be a yes. monarchy. You know, rich yes. landowners—they just want—they want this elite to be in control. They're, they're probably quite happy for it to be a state, but it—you know—includes it the monarchy. It can include the uh, hereditary peers in the House of Lords and the bishops from the Church of England and these people. They're, they're, they're reasonably happy with that. Okay, a lot of that—a lot of that can be grouped under conservatism more specifically, as in, as in upholding our traditions and all that. All that kind of stuff and these these old institutions that have been part of the kind of fabric of our of our country for a while yeah and i see um, i see that as, i mean the conserv- conservatism is traditionally on the right yeah um, it's the control though as opposed to the ownership okay that's that that was that was the difference 
my critique is going to be that you haven't used the word order. I was hoping that that would be implicit in control. <laughs> Elite order. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds inherently more sinister, I think. And, and rightly so. Yeah, I mean, that could... Order imposed by an elite is more how I think of, think of the right. Uh, it absolutely involves control, um, but I think it's about the outcome. They want order. They, they, you know, that, that's, it's about having things lined up neatly with the, with the right-wingers. And I assume you're going to come on to methods and uh, intent and stuff in a bit. But I think just... Yeah, I, know, I, like, I like elite order, because that sounds really sinister. Yeah, well, look, look, we can't let the right wingers get away with uh, um, with sounding too good <laughs> on this. Um, I, I I see there is a, I'm 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 forgetting the word, um, uh, but basically it's the infantilism. Um, it's the uh, paternalism. Paternalism. That's the word. Thank you. That that's a right wing thing, and it's um, again a lot of this came out of um, the EU referendum, or rather what's happened since this concept that we voted the wrong way uh, and people like uh, Matthew Paris coming out going no, no, no this is not this is not our democracy I know that's direct democracy but I believe in representative democracy and that is you put me in charge because I know more than you that's that's, that's the right that's, that's the right wing um, isn't it um, and this is this is where I think um, the Liberal Democrats don't get um, anywhere near the um, the labelling of being right wing, and they are they are massively right wing in that way, aren't they? In terms of it's their way or the highway, and it, you know what you can say whatever you like, but it's what I want, not not what you want. So the the, the notion of, of well, I suppose again it's liberal representative Democrats. If you want to again, if you want to. Put it, put it in there as the as the term that Matthew Paris used about about it. But um, yeah, okay, elite elite order. Uh, is, that, is that what we we settled on there? Does yeah, I think so. There? I think so. Um, so I thought what we'd do now, now we've defined the left and right. I mean, we could we could give we could give examples. We could give so so yeah. Most people, you could you could say it could be you know state ownership mostly for yeah. the left. Uh, the state, and control. state control, state order for the right, and this is the other thing I want so to get like, across. Like regulation are firmly on the licensing. right, licensing, licensing. Whereas the National Health Service and yeah, just nationalised uh, industry in general is is on the left. Um, is it is it worth just again mentioning for the listener and, and viewer that's not a regular of sounding board that this this isn't this isn't a right wing podcast. This is. We we will rail against the left because it's almost easier, <laughs> and there are more comic figures, uh, and and the right aren't exactly a threat at the moment. Are e- they? E- exactly, uh, you 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 say that, but we could talk. That's that's a topic for a podcast, um, but there's a different spectrum of authoritarianism, which, as far as we're concerned, includes both the left and the right. Statism and freedom and liberty um, on the other end. And that's not the spectrum we're talking about here. We're talking about left and right in political terms. Um, and, and the fact that they, there are some key differences, but they do also share uh, a love of 
of the state. Even again, as you say, even the the anarcho communists, they they think you can do this without a state, but you you can't do any of their versions of anything without uh, a very strong elite. And as I say, I suppose the point is, it's elitism is not necessarily statism. Anyway, just want to get that other definition out of the way because it's not just as simple as as one one paradigm. So I thought what we talk about now is differences between the right and the left. Yep. Um, so I've got a, I've got a few different okay kind of different differences. Uh, so the right, they tend to like to find solutions to problems. Uh, their solutions often mean well, they always mean more authoritarianism. Yeah. And we will we will categorize and we will put controls around and you know, we'll establish order. Uh, but the, when when faced with a problem, they they tend to acknowledge it at least, and, and they will they will try to, to to fix this problem. The left don't really like to acknowledge issues at all, and I know I know we touched on it on our last podcast, in that you can give an example to a, a left winger, um, you know, who has come up with a policy for something, and you can say, okay, well, what if this happens? And they'll often just call you a bigot, try and shut you down. Uh, they won't even acknowledge that the problem exists. Um, so the example we talked about last time was, say, uh, 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 the left very much at the moment uh, like to talk about uh, self-identifying. Um, so you can self-identify yeah, as whatever a, you like. a woman or a child or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then if you say, okay, so what if I self-identified as a woman and entered a powerlifting competition yeah. and smashed the competition? What what would happen then? And and they just no, they just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, they'll no, avoid no. the conversation. They absolutely avoid it. So that, I think that's one of the differences between the right and the left. The left just won't even acknowledge lots of these issues. But you see, I think you've you've struck upon something quite specific there, which is the identitarian side of the left. Uh, is uh, identity politics is is far far more prevalent on on the left, at least at the moment. I can't. I can't think of too much. The far I, the far right do it as well. Yeah, um, and so the whole order around the right is you know part of it is you know I am British, uh, you know, and you know this is my my tribe my clan, and they don't necessarily like other clans and other tribes, and certainly on the the alt right, but they've been playing, they've been they've been seeing how the left. Has been playing identity politics. Uh, yes, I think that's and they're playing their own game, but playing. they're not playing to lose; they're playing to win. Yes, yeah. Um, but do you think that the far right? I mean, again, I, I define define far right. You know, uh, in the, the groups that you're talking about, who who are they? Do you know, like I, I have a problem with throwing these terms out there. Well, so the far right, I would I would see as uh, you know moving towards fascism. So people yeah. who who don't what they want. Really, really strict border controls. You know, no one, no one, no one getting in. Um, really, really heavy regulation. Um, these types of people. Right. Okay. But you haven't got you. You not got any particular people in mind you could use as examples of this. Well, no, because as I said, there don't really appear to be too many. Because I think it's a bit of a myth. Too personally. many on on the um, I, in, in Britain. I think, even even if you look at, for example, the BNP, who people would yeah. Cool, far right. Look at their policies, and they're, they're left. Yeah, it is left plus racism. Yeah, like, I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, you know, Richard Spencer in America, that kind of people. You know, these yeah, these are the the, 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 the alt right. Yeah. Um, okay. I think they're identitarian as well. Yeah, but as you say, I think it's because they want to try and beat them at their own game, and it's because of the inherent 
um, contradictions of identity politics and this, uh, you know, intersectionalism and, and all that. Okay, so that was that was one of them. Um, another one, and, and this is, I know you wanted to talk about this because I've mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, and you've mentioned it back to me several times. So I think I right. must have. I don't know. It must have triggered something. Um, so the right trigger warning would like to be, <laughs> the right would like to be um, uh, to concentrate on outcomes and be judged on outcomes. Yes. Whereas the left only ever wants to be judged on intentions. Yeah, I I think this is such an important point. I think I think we could do a whole podcast on because I, I spoke about the greater good intention. The greater good intention. You never know what's going to happen. I you, think it's a great term. You, you know, you might think this is this is what's going to happen. Nobody knows. You don't know what's going to happen when you do something. Yeah. For example, you know, when you try and implement socialism, for example, lots of people think, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to take the base that capitalism has given us and then we're going to supercharge the economy and everyone's going to be lined up in the right direction and everyone's going to be better off. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. But you also don't know what would have happened had you not have done any of that as well. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but the left is just, well, I, I, I believe in helping the poor Therefore, I'm going to nationalise everything. Yeah, there is but just I a, have the poor. there is just a, uh, a a default assumption, and uh, again, this comes back to good old Theresa May with her nasty party uh, jibe about the, the about the Tories, wasn't it? it? Was there's just this perception, and it's certainly one that the the left and the parties of the left like to peddle constantly, which is that they are good, and the and the right is just evil and nasty and and mean uh, mean is one of those things they, they want that and obviously it's very easy to be the opposite of mean if you're just splashing the cash on on all of these groups of people that you want to spend money on the the deserving poor or, or whatever it's not even that is it but um but yeah i i i think that and the left the left have got them on this the left have got them because yeah they you know their their kind of starting assumption is that the state is good therefore the more the state does and the most it can do is own everything the great, you know, the greater it is, the the, the you know the, the the better outcome that will happen. That's that's what they're saying. Whereas the right are saying, well, no, it's not always about the state, but you are the state, and they're not arguing for less state. So they're, they're in a really tricky situation. The, all they've got left is managerialism. Mm. That's We're all better they've got left. Than you are. Yeah, that's it. That's that is absolutely it, and it always comes down to you know. Conservative Party better at managing the economy or, or, or whatever. And don't you think um, that's 100% Boris Johnson? Oh, yeah. I mean, but he, I've said this before, he's about him. Him, He is centrist. He's, he's, I, I saw, I sent you a link to an article that said he's the heir to Blair. And I was like, I, I bloody said that. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's what he, he is. loves his public services, including exactly. his nationalised public services. Exactly. You know, it, it's, uh, he, he's, he's, um, he just wants to run them better. Yeah, but that's all they've got left. They can't win an argument, as you say. They can't win an argument on status, and they, they can't, they can't eschew the the values of capitalism too much, and they can't certainly do it on its own merits. They certainly can't talk about the morality of capitalism. They can only talk about the immorality of socialism, because again, well, they'll talk about capitalism by its economic virtues, yep. not its. And and it's and the evidence is evidence of it raising people up uh, in in terms of bringing people out of poverty, but again because they need to fund the state that they are running, so they they can't go hell for leather on it. And I think it's a tight tightrope that I don't know. I think 
I think a lot of them know they're walking it. I think I think a lot of them know they they just have to go a little bit, little bit to this side, a little bit to that side. Not too far, not too far. Don't go too far. That sounds a bit socialist. No, not too, no, not too far. You would you'd have to give up the whole state. Uh, you know, I I think that's where a lot of them are. I think they I think they get it, but I think they want to win, and I think they want to rule. Hence the elite and the order and the control. I um, think some of them are probably, are probably like that. I'm not sure a lot of them are that bright. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think those are the clever ones. And yeah. I think the bulk of um, the bulk of MPs of all parties are followers uh, and in it, in it for a, a quick buck uh, and in it to be part of the tribe um, and, uh, and have a position locally and all this kind of stuff. I think I think that's that's mainly all it is for them. You mentioned something just then, um, which which kind of triggered something in me. Um, Not a trigger warning. You, you mentioned uh, wanting to win the argument. Yes, and that's um, so that's that's something, and and this is more of a difference between, and this is probably the kind of top to bottom axis. So you've got the authoritarians and, yeah. and the, the the libertarians like us. Um, authoritarians, both on the left and the right will try and win arguments um, and they will try and have they'll always try and have a debate about something I mean and the left yeah. more you know they talk about the trans debate for example right. it's, always, it's always a debate it's never a dialectic uh. and again for the benefit of our special friend if you don't know the, the difference between these two because it's, it's, it's nuanced mm. so a debate is when you go into an argument uh, and you try and win it yeah that, that's that's the outcome you, you want you have a side you, you have a side you have a tribe you want to destroy the opponent you want to win that's the the aim of a debate yeah a dialectic is two or more people coming together uh and the the outcome needs to be the truth yes so you you, know, you and i will discuss stuff um, like my definition at the, at the beginning to try and improve it and we'll, yeah. we'll try and improve it and we'll try to get the best outcome possible yeah and you know there are, there are different sorts of people so there are some people who when presented with a differing but better argument will have um, you know it will, it will make them happy so oh, I've, just, I've just improved it that's great yeah um, like, like I was when you said it's elite order yeah as opposed to elite control that's much better yeah um, whereas other people are like no 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 I just, I just want to win no, you know and, and I, this is this is this is my opinion I'm not going to change my opinion I'm going to work back from that mm. And that, yeah. that's probably more on the left because they'll have their right okay the state must control everything and they will you know they'll, they'll, they'll never you can present them with all the evidence in the world that this has never worked I, I think and they won't roll back whereas right wingers are more likely to roll back their regulation and say okay well perhaps it's a little bit too much we'll perhaps have a little bit less regulation and that's, I'll I, believe that when I see it but I think in terms of rolling back regulation uh, well, so this is my argument that the people who tend to be viewed as on the right at the moment aren't really on the right. And we've said this before as well, it's all very left at the moment. Whereas if you, if you look at, say, more uh, conservatives in the 1980s, for example, they were probably a bit yeah. more right-wing and they were probably a bit more willing to, to roll back regulation. Hasn't Trump the said something? I, I mean, you know, he says all sorts of stuff and I'm not sure what, you know, he, he, will, he will choose a source for his stats that's not necessarily amazing. Um, but hasn't he talked about for every new regulation they've cut twenty five or, or or something? And uh, I'm sure he said this this week. Um, I'd like to know more about that kind of thing because again, this is a bit like the 
there were so many stats in the run-up to the EU referendum, and I mean in the years, not just in the campaign. Um, uh, Nigel Farage would come out with a stat about the number of laws that came out of Brussels versus the number of laws that were made in the House of Commons of the UK, um, or, or, or statutes, or pages, or words, or and loads of different stats have come out because it's actually quite difficult to quantify these things and one law can have many effects one law could be one page i wish or it could be absolutely reams and reams and reams well of yeah so that that's that's the difficulty with particularly with britain in the eu mm. so what would happen is the eu would uh, produce a law or a regulation and countries within the eu are invited to interpret that in, in different ways because they're not they're not clear cut these things so certainly the regulations so so countries have to interpret them Britain always gold plates them they'll always do, totally. go far further than they needed to they could they could have massively liberalised the economy whilst staying in the EU yes but they never did yeah you know so that's an issue with with British politics so the issue with the, a lot of the laws coming from the EU the issue isn't just with the EU it, the issue is the way that it's implemented. By British politicians who just gold plate everything. But you see, this is um, this is the the bureaucracy. This is the agencies, the quangos. This is the civil service. This is this is the state, um, and certainly public officials um, and the leaders of them that that do this. And that's that, the, the, I mean. <laughs> There's this talk of the deep state, isn't there? And there's, uh, I know, I've, I've talked to people about how Dominic Cummings is trying to, you know, he's trying to hire his misfits and his weirdos and whatever in order to try and do some fairly major reform of the civil service and the government departments and all this. But then I'm also hearing it's now being rowed back from just because it's too difficult. And you just think that this this march of the institutions this march of the of the bureaucrats and the arm's length and the appointed rather than elected um i i just don't see anyone in our lifetime getting into power that rolls any of it back no it's it's, it's a pipe that, dream that argument has been completely lost unless unless a, a, a close neighbour, I think. I think the only way we'd get it in this country, to, to say that we rely on another country to show us, and obviously there are countries that are that are freer in terms of regulation than us, but they tend to be quite far away. Um, if thinking a, about Singapore or Hong Kong. Exactly. And, places. and so if I think a closer European neighbour were to, um, were to liberalise more, were to deregulate proper deregulation not the kind of deregulation that someone puts on their platform to win and it ends up being that they write twice as much regulation in the process is deregulation is their code for smarter regulation good regulation i had a rather stupid conversation with someone on linkedin the other other day when, that does surprise me. But I mean, I, I am LinkedIn is a business platform. I use it to shill for business and to say, you know, this is what my company's doing. I, but I do do it to be provocative about business as well. And I specifically go after regulation. And so I'll, I'll, I will, I will be out and out for no regulation. And then someone pops up and it's just like, <laughs> and, and I'll say, oh well, yeah, but. Good regulation. That's you, for our listener on the podcast, that's you pretending to be a fisherman. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Casting uh, your hook out. Uh, 
and um, and that someone will pop up going, oh yeah, but there's good regulation, and then, I mean it's such an easy argument to unpick. Um, was like I say, how do you make sure the regulation is good? Good for who? And you know, do you to to have to rely on your guys being in charge in order to do it? And and also, by the way, um, do you think that anyone who writes a regulation thinks it's bad? They all think it's good. It's just you disagree with them. Um, but yeah, the 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 idea that maybe another country would deregulate by actually getting rid of these quangos and these and these other institutions see an economic benefit from it then i think that is basically the only way that a right-wing government or rather the the conservative party in their current form which is not you know which is which is very much the alicartist left and right uh, it's the only way i think they 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 might be able to get away with saying Look over there at Finland or whatever. They've tried this because they've done this before, haven't they? You know, free schools policies and stuff like this. We, we're borrowing best practice. Look, they do it over there. Let's come and do that over here. Um, I can't think of an example particularly where the left do that other than just in general them talking about redistributive policies. They won't talk about something very specific. They won't talk about telecoms or roads or whatever they'll just go oh well they share out more money in sweden so we should but if they'll, i mean they'll, they'll they'll point to they'll point to the latest socialist project in the early years when it's going well i mean they all point yeah. to venezuela yeah um, not, not anymore no funnily enough <laughs> yeah not russia anymore not china anymore not yep you know it's going on albania poland lithuania yeah, yeah. But the idea that, again, the reason I say it's only a right-wing government do it is, is that the idea that there is evidence for something, they can sell that. They like the idea of selling and they like the idea that they are better salesmen. And this is this managerialism again. This is that. We're not the scary socialists. You can trust us. We will look after you. But not because we're going to own you. That would be wrong. And I think, I think the, one of the reasons the right and the left differ in this way is that if you're on the right, there are degrees of being on the right. So you can have, let's say you like regulation. There can be degrees. You can you could like light touch, laissez-faire regulation. Yeah. And then there's the there's the real kind of if you think of sort of you know Germany in the last century, um, you know um, when it was fascist, mm. it's cartels. Yes. You know that's the the, the 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 other opposite, and you can there you can you can kind of keep going a little bit more to the right, a little bit more to the right, a little bit more to the right. Maybe evidence is given to you to suggest that it's you know the lesser regulation is good, so you might row back a little bit, and, yeah. and you can do that. Yeah. When you're on the left, it's like okay, the state should own stuff, therefore the state should own everything, and that's it. That, and there's this, no there's no shades of grey. You can you basically drop off a cliff as soon as you establish that the state should own stuff well why doesn't it own it? everything this was the subject of our last podcast wasn't it i mean this this was your point of that was there is a ratchet meaning that you can't go back meaning that the only way is to go forward and the uh, and, and to just have more of the state more socialism more ownership um i think you're right I think well, the, the principle is more kind of binary on the left i think it is it's either all or nothing whereas on the right it's like well we can we can ratchet we can ratchet regulation back but it's it's difficult to ratchet state ownership yeah. back. Okay, um, have you got have you got any more specifics on the left and the right? Because I, I actually I'm just well, like, you have. Yeah, I had the one that you told me, 
Oh, right, yeah, yeah, you asked me for one more at the end. Yeah, 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 because I, I, I had a couple, and you said, what about the difference between the somewheres and the anywheres? Which I found really intriguing, because I, that, I didn't think of that. Well, so, again, this was, this was right before this. I didn't know we were going to talk about left and right, and you went, I'm going to talk about the left and right. I just need another example of what's left and what's right. Um, and it was borders that came to, to mind straight away. Uh, and... Uh, you know the the best way of illustrating borders uh, at the moment is to use the term free movement of people, uh, and uh, and yeah, the the four freedoms of the EU, uh, the movement of uh, money, capital, goods, and services. Is that right? And let's be so. clear that the services bit. I mean, it just does not exist. There, there absolutely is not there. And David David Cameron tried to complete the free market, the, the single market of services. I mean, it's, just, it's just utter nonsense. Um, but the, the borderless EU, uh, or rather... <laughs> it's got a pretty, pretty <laughs> substantial border around it, I think you'll find. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a wider point, and I suppose a point we can bring up when we talk about the EU. But the somewheres and the anywheres is... I feel a sense of belonging to where I am and where I come from, the somewheres, and you can put, you know, the, the a smaller community stance on that. So I'm, I'm British. I'm English. I'm I'm from Cambridgeshire. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, or the 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 opposite is the globalist. But again, this is where we'll, we'll, we'll get to the specifics of the difference between that and the European in a minute and how it's all nonsense. But the, the idea that it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter where you're from. I should be able to go anywhere. Anyone should be able to come here. And I want that freedom, and they'll use the term freedom, uh, quite rightly, I suppose, to, to go anywhere and to be anyone. Um, but it's... It's having less a sense of belonging, belonging to a country or to a place than the whole world. Uh, and to say this is just about this is just about the whole world. And I use the term place there quite specifically, okay, because we've talked about the tribalism of the of the group and the group identity. But even though they love the idea of these group identities for uh, for sex and gender and race and class. You know, no one ever talks about class anymore, but it, it's well, there. Yeah, so those three have replaced class, haven't they? And yeah, the different forms of class. Um, but they don't talk about place. They don't talk about location in that in that same way. Um, well, you made you made the good point earlier. Again, this was because before we were before we were on air. Um, that it's the anywheres could just as easily be described as the nowheres. Yes. Uh, and I think that to, to say you're a citizen of nowhere if you are just a citizen of the world, I think is an important point. You can say it's positive and negative spin on it. Well, it's like, so I, whenever people talk about things like this, I always think of, uh, what's that superhero film, the cartoon superhero from The Incredibles? Yeah. When uh, there's that there's Dash, there's a little kid at school and he's like the fastest in the world yeah. and he's not allowed to use his superpowers. And, uh, you know, he's told that everyone is special. And he's like, that just means that nobody is. Yes. It's a little kid, you know. And, and it's exactly the same thing, It's just isn't another it? way of saying nobody yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the somewheres and anywheres, it did come out in the, in the EU debate. Uh, I think more, more probably a bit afterwards when Theresa May was um, Prime Minister. And she used these terms in a speech. And so it kind of came up again. Um, but certainly before... 
leavers were described as little Englanders. There were these put-downs. Uh, uh, you want to pull up the drawbridge. All of these, all these terms were used. This is why I think they've got the leftists got it completely wrong. So the original, the original. Don't mix up left with remain here, but I know what you're, I know what you're getting at. Well, no, but uh, so the, the left, the leftist remainers. Yes. Uh, which are a large proportion of them. Yes, they are. Um, I think they got it completely wrong. Yeah. Um, because so if you look at traditional Eurosceptics, they're all of the left. Yeah. You know, you, people like Tony Benn and then you know Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Um, you know, all on the left because they saw the the EU. Correctly, I think, as a, as a right-wing project. You know, you talk about the drawbridge being pulled, you know, pulling up the drawbridge. The drawbridge around the around the EU has already been drawn exactly. up. Exactly. Um, um, I, I, there was a really long thread someone tweeted the other day, and it was your classic FPP. So just when, whenever, if you if you've got if you're writing tweets and it's more than say three or four tweets, this was long, about twelve. Write a blog post. Yes, that's you know, Twitter is a micro blogging. I quite like threads for. Maybe writing a cup two or three. Maybe having you know, if you want to write something with pictures and you know, describe each picture. Put a summary in. Fine. Pick out some stats. That's fine. Or fine. you can have threads that you go back to over a period of you know weeks or whatever. I've seen that done really good. But if you're just getting a blog post that's three thousand words and just you know, it's, it's yeah. suddenly going to be forty tweets. I'm not interested. Yeah. Uh, th this one was fantastic. You'd have, you'd have loved it. I don't know if it popped off on your feed, um, but it was your classic FBPE type. Um, and it was all about the, the biggest lie, the biggest and most obvious lie. And it just went on and on and on and on. And it was about the fact that uh, Britain will be a global trading nation after, after Brexit. It's just the biggest lie. It's such an obvious lie. It's just like you can't possibly, if you, and if you're the a Brexiter. has taken me 50 tweets it, to illustrate and it. If, and if you're a Brexiter, then you are a liar because of this. Um, and and I, just, I just retweeted it. Um, uh, and obviously, I've got no, I've got no engagement from this guy at all. But I was like, your view of of, of the world is that the you know, free trade, because he kept using the term free trade. You're leaving the largest free trade block in the world. Your view on free trade is that everyone has to join the EU. That's it. That's it. But that's not that the rest of the world is bigger. And it's let's it's, not forget that it's not free trade within the EU either. It's yeah. highly, highly regulated trade. Yeah. That's it's not free, and it's well, it's protectionist trade. Mm. That's what it is. I think we should call it what it is. It's protectionist trade. And you, you mentioned it before. We could probably we could probably go into this in more detail. But I I think fundamentally the EU is a right wing project. I think it's more right than left with its with its regulation, its control. It's not about nationalising everything. In fact, you can't really nationalise the rules on state aid. Yeah, they're really are, strict. Are pretty strict, but they do. You can do it though. Um, and to be honest, I don't it's not easy. Know, no, I don't know the specifics of that. All I know um, is it how it relates to um, uh, to broadband provision um, because again, I come from the telecom sector. There, there's always a scheme. Boris is going to do it again, albeit that will be out of the EU. So I imagine that that actually the money will be splashed far more uh, in order to get us all fibre to the home in five years. Which can I just say right now and to everyone else? happen but yeah 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 you're right mm. and this is another thing so we could we could okay, i can't going to ask you a question here and this is not really related well it's it's, it's semi-related to what we've been talking about um but so th I, th I think people get things wrong about left and right because they don't really know what left and right is people associate the left with statism 
Well, I think, again, just, um, just to come back to your EU point, I think that uh, a, a lot of people, uh, even uh, prominent people on the Leave side, consider the EU to be a, a left-wing institution, and, and that's it. Uh, I think it's just, again, a bit of a lack of critical thought about it. It's, it's a statist institution, for sure. Yes. But not all statism is of the left. Yeah. So I'm going to spring this on you now. This, okay. is, this is just something that I've, uh, a question I thought I'd ask. And it's, re it's, re it's related to the left and the right, of course, but it's also related to what we've just been talking about, about you know, like an institution. Go on, put me on the spot. You're looking very pleased with yourself. Oh, no, no, I, I just, I, I would like to spend more time on this at another point, because I think we could, we could talk for a long time about this. The public sector. Yeah. Left or right. Pu yeah, as in civil servants, I mean. Wow. But again, we've just highlighted there that it's, that it's both because the NHS is 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 nationalised, socialised, socialist healthcare. I'm not talking but about the, the but Ofcom. And everything. But Ofcom is uh, a, a regulator, and so it's it's entirely paid for by the state. You can you can argue that Ofcom as a regulator is owned by the state and therefore is owned by air quotes the people, um, but its actions are right wing. So the institutions themselves are very much owned by the public. So they are all left. Anything that's owned by the state is left wing. That doesn't mean what they're doing is uh, right wing. I'd, I'm not entirely sure I agree that a regulator owned by the state is left wing. To owned by the state? But they have statified the regulations. The regulations themselves. There's only one form of regulations, that's state regulations. We've, we've established so left right is all about I was talking about their actions, what they, what they do. Yeah, but the, the institution itself is, has been nationalised. So you can't have a right-wing government? The, the, the right-wing people, the people who are there... Can you have a right-wing government? Can you have a right-wing government? Yes. So, you, so can you have a right-wing regulator? But the government institutions are left-wing because they are owned by the government. Um, I think that's a reach. I'm just trying to be as specific as I can. You wanted to talk about this, but so because I think I'm I, thinking on the on the fly. I think I think the public sector is far more right wing than people give it credit for, because of this this order and this control. I'm not saying it's not left wing at all. I'm just saying that there are the concept of even them existing because they because they are owned. It's. I'm just going back but to think, your definitions think about, of ownership. Think about how huge the public sector is and how much of it is right-wing and it's all about control and regulation. So, okay, I'm going to ask you a question back, not I've, because I've just, to avoid I've, it. I've just thought about this question, so I, I don't have a prepared answer at That's all. That's fine. I just thought it was something that we could, we could discuss, about a dialectic. The problem we have with the state is that it's a monopoly on any, on everything mm. yeah and it's an artificial monopoly uh, and it's um, done by force by coercion you don't get a choice um, now there are standards that exist it's not the same as regulations standards tend to be voluntary you might have to become a uh, your company might or you might have to become a member of a body of an organisation, a private organisation, or you can um, sign up to a set of standards. Um, ISO is a great, yeah. great example of that. Um, I'm sure someone's going to we'll, we'll come back and say that it was formed out of some government institution or something. I don't know the specific history of it, um, but there are. Well, they've stolen a lot of a lot of stuff that started off in the private sector. 
So it's only fair that some of it comes the other way. I yeah, should, I anyway. Say. But, but there are private standards that exist. Um, and we're not against those. We're not against the concept of regulation if it's voluntary. No, of course it's not. It's the idea. Of course not. It's the idea that, um, that you can't use it to compete in some way. Uh, and it, and you're, it, you know, pe- people are free to. So I might have really high standards when it comes to something. Yes. Um, that's my point. It's, but they're my standards. The, the, the term regulation, even when you think about it, the term regulate is to, is to smooth out the, the highs and the lows. It is to make regular, to make normal and, 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 uh, and the same. Okay. We will decide what's good enough for you. Yeah. And, it, and we'll charge you for the, it. The, the, the biggest issue with regulation for me is that it is, by definition, anti-competitive. Of course. <laughs> you say, of course, but people don't. People need to hear this. People don't hear this. Just because you've, that's you've already its, got that way. That's, that's its, its biggest feature for, you know, for, for big business. It's, yes. it's a barrier to entry. Yes. And it, and it means that, that, ah, well, if we're all going to have to do the same thing, then that's no longer something I can compete on. Um, now, some might argue that you can compete by... Uh, going to a higher standard but often often you have to lower a standard to get to a regulation in order to com- to comply with it um, the point I was going to make is if you spun off a regulator from the government and made it made it private and made it voluntary and I can't think of an example of where it would, that's ever well, it would happened. cease to be a regulator at that point it would be a standards organisation presumably so can regulation only be from government what I would have to look up the definition of regulation yeah because I'm I genuinely I'm not sure but that's why I'm you can see why I'm asking that question because I'm talking about whether or not the concept of an of an entity being owned by government is a left-wing notion (laughs) even though the actions of that entity might be right-wing yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. That's what your I'm question. I, on that, yeah. I came right back to the fundamentals of your question, in in terms of yes, all state things must be leftist, <laughs> even though the outcomes and the activities of the of the of the entities and organisations might be rightist. Well, so I think I think both the left and the right can be statist, and they are. I'm 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 nitpicking, and and you know, because it's not it's not really, you know, the the. Re- the re- a regulator, so a regulator doesn't really have a means of production, for example. So it's not it's not state no. ownership of production or public ownership of production, which is probably. More but the public owns the regulator. Yeah. That's the point I was making. I'm, I'm no, splitting it does hairs. the public own the regulator? I would argue that the public doesn't own the regulator. The same way that I would argue that the public doesn't own the NHS. Right. Okay. Public public ownership. Right. Is is it's a it's an absolute myth. It's a Where, myth. Where's where's my Where's my shares in the NHS? Okay, so I, right. Can I sell them and, ha- and get the cash back? It's right. all rubbish. Okay. Would, would you like a scotch? No. I'll, uh, yes. Absolutely. You put, you put your little glass. So these, little these, are, these are from our other brother, Simon. Um, brother number three. So you brought a little, little, shot, little shot glass, a little stainless steel yeah, shot glass. Yeah, so he, he, he bought me this set years ago. Oh, okay. This is some Singleton. Oh, that's Singleton's. I, I, I drank my bottle of Singleton very quickly. Yeah, it doesn't, so it doesn't nice. last very long. I want to, I want to remember yes, my sir. point. Um, you say you're not... To, I, I, I'm totally with you. I, I, I want to talk about this misnomer, the absolute misnomer of public ownership. Yeah. Because um, I think that's really important. 
Cheers. We're going sure we to click we're these. Gonna struggle to to chink them, but you're not going to get it. That's so nice. The Singleton of Dovetown. At that's driving whiskey. That is. That's lovely. Breakfast whiskey. Yeah. Anyway, so the state. Um, but you're not talking about right. You're not talking ownership. about here the the concept of it being arm's length. You're not talking about the regulator because it is free, supposedly of democratic control. It, that it's free. It's just underpinned by statute, and free of political interference. I mean, I would argue that that's nonsense as well. But that's how a regulator is constituted, as opposed to being part of a department that is run by an MP that is in or or a Member of the House of Lords, that are you know responsible to cabinet and etc. Et but cetera, even even if we're talking about a department these, and an agency are different. But even if we're talking about these departments of uh, you know making making the rules, drafting up laws, mm. that that I would say is still they don't have a means of production. I would say they are they are still right wing. That's still elite control. <laughs> so is the House is the, is the House of Commons a right wing institution then? I would I would say so. See, this is interesting. We've never would, got this I far. I would say so. Is all law right wing? It, I would say all law created by the current parliament is democracy left wing or right wing. See, we've had this co- discussion before, and I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it tends to be more of the left, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but again, so I love where this is going, though. But the, the, again, the difference between the left and the right is that the left has shifted more. Um, because the left wing is originally used to be the freedom fighters and the libertarians and the ones who were railing against feudalism and the, the elite control of the right. Yes. Now the people against the elite control on the right are the socialists. Yeah. So there is a, you know, it, it's, I it's think, not as do, easy. Do you, do you agree with me that the, the left these days, um, certainly the Labour Party, they... They love feudalism as a concept, and they just try to... Do you mean as a straw man? To, to try and... If you let me finish my sentence. To just map onto anything else that's happening currently and the way that, that um, they are, the Conservative Party or the right-wingers um, behave. They, they, they lament the fact that it isn't as simple as just arguing that feudalism exists and that it needs to be smashed down. They, they want to make everything appear to be feudal. Appear to be feudal, or or in order that they can smash it down. You're you're right. In it, it is a. Or do you mean that they? Do you, do you mean that they think that we're feudal now, or that that's where the the, the evil Tories want to go to? Um, what do you mean? Certainly the second, right. certainly the second one. That I think they think the uh, evil Tories is all about power and control. I think they see capitalism as feudal, and I think that that they would see this as about being. Having power, the rich, the, the 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 rich and the evil capitalist, the 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 Jeff Bezos with Amazon and etc. 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 They have power over you, just like the feudal lords had power over you. That that's what they like. It's, it's, it's classic class warfare. But now it's about the it's about capitalists and it's about the rich. Um, having power over you, even even though the only way they have power over you, if you can call it that, is I bought something from you that I wanted voluntarily. Yeah, no I wasn't forced to. Um, so and continue to buy things from it, it, exactly. So 
I think we could we could talk probably at length about the concept of of power and what power is. And actually, that's I haven't I haven't come prepared for this conversation, but how the right and the left view power might be an interesting thing to talk about because I think that the left characterise power uh, in monetary terms a lot of the time these days because they, there is the, you know, the feudal lords owned the land well, there's, you know, that so was there's, feudalism yeah and there's lots of I mean it's called cultural Marxism now where it used to be kind of about different classes is, and now it's is it, I diff- don't know whether I necessarily different, like different that things have, been, have replaced so for example when, yeah. when you're talking about uh, identity, identity politics. Yeah, that's kind of replaced the the, the, the class structure. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of cultural Marxism because it's it's the same kind of pyramid that they display where you've got the people at the top, which are yeah. used to be the evil capitalists and the feudal landlords, and now it's the straight white men. Yes, and may, maybe I've just been articulating cultural Marxism in that in in those terms, um, but I think that it's interesting to talk about it in in terms of in terms of power because. Political power and economic power are two completely, completely different things. Wouldn't you agree? And they also have the, the, they they talk about power, um, but they don't really define it in terms of power. So they'll talk but about they say that they'll the, talk about white privilege, and and how you know any, anyone with white skin has privilege, yep. even if they're homeless on the streets yep. and they're on death's door, yep. starving. Yeah, white privilege. Yeah, um, and and they, but, whereas that and that person can be racist towards somebody, yet uh, someone who is uh, black and a millionaire yeah. cannot possibly be racist against that white homeless person. Yes, yeah. it's, it's complete well, that's, that's nonsense, but I'm going to bring it back to the big tech companies again. Not least of which because they are the largest organisations in the world. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's just a fact now. Yeah. I don't think I beat the NHS. Okay, <laughs> Is the NHS bigger than... Apple? Well, it doesn't make as much money as Apple. Yeah. It depends if you're talking sizes, you know, but, but they're, they're the fifth biggest hold that thought. organization in the world, aren't they? Hold like, that, like hold North that Korean thought. Army and all sorts. Well, Chinese Army, Chinese Air Force, whatever. Anyway, hold, hold that thought because I, I do want to come back to public ownership again. But again, the concept of power, the left think that Mark Zuckerberg has power over you. Yeah? I mean, he doesn't have power over me because I'm not on bloody Facebook, but um, the, that that's that's something that I think that new technology has that they've had to change their argument maybe this is where cultural marxism or we want to call it the the, the replication of the class system has had to move to because their arguments don't stack up anymore because facebook is free the the idea that um that you can have a service that you don't pay for i mean is this capitalism's biggest trick <laughs> that now the largest organizations the largest private organizations okay most profitable organizations most profitable you. don't make their profit from the end user from the consumer yeah it's, it, it is it is, but it is an you've traded one. i mean they, they've they're finally getting into it and the, the, the point is and the, the negative spin is that you are there Product, you're they're selling you to advertisers and your data, and, and your data, and they're stealing your data, and they're taking. But they're still. You look at the biggest organisations: those Microsoft, Apple, Amazon. They're still selling hard stuff. I mean, Facebook and Google and stuff are getting up there, but I, there's still yeah, there are still products involved with with some of the biggest companies. 
and, and Amazon Honor. just just shift. I mean, obviously they've got their, their software side and they've got their um, uh, their smart speakers and, and, and data centers and all this kind of stuff. But they're a retailer. They're a, they're a shop. They're an mm. online. In fact, they're a marketplace, which is important. And they will they will do the heavy lifting for you if you want. They don't you don't have to. I, mean, I don't know how much people know about how Amazon actually works, um, but they've obviously got the stuff that they sell. But then they've got the stuff that you or I could sell. We could sell up get, an Amazon storefront and get Amazon to sell it for us. Um, the point being is, it, you can just use the Amazon storefront, but you could use the Amazon warehousing as well. You could get them to do end-to-end logistics, and they would come pick up, or you would have delivered to their warehouse a load of products, uh, and then they would do everything for you or you could get them just to do the ordering and the payment side of things and come and find my stuff on there and then you would do the shipping and everything else so they are they are facilitators and they are um they they are as you said in the shop front but they will do everything for you if you want to but you're right there's a practical physical thing there but i i think the tech the tech company tech giants thing is interesting because the both the left and the right let's bring it back again both the left and the right uh, want to? Am I right here? At the moment, they're talking about both wanting to regulate. This is again. This it's not just as simple as left wingers, left wingers, right wingers, right wingers. Po- politicians in the Labour Party, including Magic Grandpa, who you addressed as earlier, um, will espouse regulation of the big tech giants. Now, obviously, what they would love more is just to nationalise them. Correct. See, I, I think, I think the, left go, the left go for regulation because it's all they think they can get. Yeah, but it's just that it's not the purest. It's not the purest form. No. But let's come back to public ownership again, yeah, and, and I think that's an important one. The the misnomer. It's not public ownership. Who does who does own the NHS? I'm asking you. It's not me. I know that much. So is this the state, in quotes, on our behalf? Of course it is. The thing with the state is, is, is doing everything on our behalf because it's, it's just too complicated for us to need. To, we don't need to worry about Your it. Your pretty little minds <laughs> can't comprehend. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's too complicated. There are too many decisions to be made. You let us do it for you. That's yeah. what it is. We will manage it and we will, we will own it on your behalf. And so this... this um, I, I don't know what word to use, but it's, it's a, a twisting of the term public isn't it? Public ownership. And it's, it even, they will use terms like bringing back into public ownership and, and, and stuff like that. Um, well, the whole, the whole idea of things being privatised and, you know, they will, leftists will list, I hate that term. Will, 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 will list a number of things that have been privatised with, you know, on the basis that, well, hang on, was everything nationalised first? Yeah. What's, what's your, you know, what's your standard here? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't like the, fact the term. The default to them is that the state should own everything is ridiculous. Now I know you'll agree with me that we don't like the terms private sector and public sector. Um, for, for one thing, it, 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 it normalises that both should exist in that way and that the public sector should exist. Sector just sounds like there are these nice clearly de- de- defined lines around these things. Um, and uh, it, I don't know, it almost actually does say that it's quite easy for you to move between the two. But it should be one way. It should only ever be public to private. But the fact is, it could be in the public sector, it could be in the private sector. We'll have a, we'll have a debate about it. And we'll agree where things should be. I've, I mean, I've heard the, the 
I've heard better definitions. Obviously, there's I mean the the book that you gave me by Douglas Carswell talks about uh, the productive and the parasitic, which I think is is a is an excellent way of defining of defining these things. But these terms don't stick. And if I just start saying, "Oh, the parasitic sector," then you're just going to be hounded out of somewhere yeah, for, the, for the, being the state sector or the free sector, and yeah, they never yeah they don't land. But even sector, I don't like. Again, sector it, it says there are these very clear edges to this thing that you need to you need to be in. Well, the, let's face it, the, it's the regu- natural sector, the amount of regulation that that is in the air quotes private sector it's not yeah. really the private sector anymore because you have to do exactly what they say yeah there's nothing that nothing is really truly private so I mean, is it the coercive i've heard it called the coercive sector before but what can you think of a better term for private sector that doesn't involve the word sector first of all um the best i can come up with is free enterprise but even then, but you've got to acknowledge that that doesn't really exist. No, and it also so there needs to be there needs to be like doesn't a, include voluntary organisations. Enterprise you think of as being work and profit. work for profit. Uh, yeah, exactly, and trade. But then there almost needs to be three. There needs to be there's like the, there's the, the the public sector which we need to rename for state-owned stuff. Um, there needs to Are you be. You talking about the third sector in terms of volunteering and no, no, no. no I'm talking. I'm talking about. So there's 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 public as in state. There's the state-owned, the parasitic sector as you as you mentioned earlier. Then there's the heavily regulated, slightly free sector, but privately owned. Privately owned, but heavily regulated. And there's actual free enterprise, which is this unicorn that doesn't really seem to exist anywhere except in some places like Hong Kong and right. possibly Singapore. But, but they exist. Is, when they're brand new and the state hasn't got a hold of them yet. IT is the closest that we have because it can't agreed, catch up. Agreed, agreed. Um, and it was unregulated, uh, you know, and, and so it, because it because it appeared, it wasn't unregulated, it was appeared, and it, and it went from there. Um, so there's your third sector. Do you, do you, are you going to include the fourth sector pathfinders after, after that? Pathfinders? Quiet bat people. Who said that? This was the thick of it. Do you not it was, remember? It was, was that was that Nicola Murray? <laughs> yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite bad people. Uh, just anyone needs to look that up. I'm not going to go into it any any more than that. But this was the fourth yeah. sector pathfinders. We should they're basically vigilantes. Yeah, yeah, but they're but they're calmer. So it's like that's why. Hence they're like they're not they're not bat men because that would be too sexist. So bat people, but they're quiet. They're not as not <laughs> absolutely great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. Even, but I don't even like sector. But you're right. It's the regulated, regulated industry. Or mm. I mean, my, my hope, my hope in commerce is a good word to describe. I think um, anything that does sell something, um, that's different from the voluntary sector and the, the mm. commercial, commercial sector, because the NHS isn't commercial, other than you'll go and pay for your parking. I mean, again, this like, this concept that you don't pay. For things that are in the public sector, ignoring ignoring tax, ignoring tax, but you pay for stuff all the time. Set my prescriptions. Pay for prescriptions. You pay parking, uh, all that, all that kind of stuff. I pay my time that I waste. Yes. Where do you want to go from here? I had something I was just about to say, and you carried on. Sorry, but anyway, public sector I'm ownership is a is the, the the concept that we own it. As you said, I'm going to remind you of what you said. 
where are my shares in this? If we did, then that would be something. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised they didn't actually do it even as a sop. You know, here are your shares. Here we're going to give you. Look, you can log on and you can share. These your share certificate. You own a part of the NHS. Yeah, there, there'll be too many people like you and I saying, right, okay, I want to sell it. Then. I'm going to sell it. I'm not going to pay pay any more tax for it because I don't own it anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's where they're going. So I've, 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 remembered? I've remembered what I was going to say. I was so my, for you. My, my hope, is, this is going back to the regulation and things like the tech sector, which is pretty quick to adapt. My hope is that the more technical, technologically advanced society gets, I agree. the harder it will be for governments to catch up with things like regulation. And yep. they'll get to a point where they just can't do it anymore because they're too slow and innovation is happening too quickly that the, the state will have no purpose and it will just shrink won't be in our lifetimes <laughs> it's a pipe dream but it, it's... yeah because the problem is is that regulation stifles innovation yeah and so um it, that which is the other point this, so i'm gonna one of the arguments i had on linkedin this week uh was over the the concept that the that the eu should mandate uh by regulation that um smartphones should only have usb-c <sighs> I thought they did that. I thought they were doing that. They've been trying to do that for th- years. They have, but I don't think it's been forced. I don't. I think it's been voluntary. I mean, Apple haven't done it. Apple have been no. getting around it, or they've been doing something. Um, and of course, you have all these people. Pop- I'm there going, this is this is outrageous. This is ridiculous. You can't force it. Uh, people going, oh, it's so much easier. I don't know what you're talking about. This is this is a great regulation. And I'll say, well, yeah, what's many- better? What's better than USB-C? You're, it, when someone invents something that's better than the USB-C standard, then no one's allowed to implement it because you have to have USB-C. Okay, so it's not going to encourage the creation of that thing. Yeah, of course. Well, there'll, there'll be no, in fact, there'll be no point. Innovation will, will, will just cost you and you won't get any, any benefit. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, my question to these people is, okay, let, let, let's say that in, in your opinion and for you personally, having everything in USB-C is, is a great idea. Yeah, and it might be now. Okay, how many phones do you have? Yeah, well, I've got one. Yeah, and it so goes with a charger. Buy one with USB C. Yeah. If, if you need, even if you need more than one phone. Yeah. Buy if you if, if USB C is such a big thing for you, then buy phones with USB C. They they exist. Yeah, you can choose to. Don't yeah. don't buy an iPhone. Well, and this is it. This the the, the person I was having a oh, there's a couple of people, but one of the big people I was having this discussion stroke argument with on LinkedIn, um, uh, somehow making out that I was basically like an Apple shill. And they kept saying, oh, well, Apple do this and Apple do that. And I'm like, you haven't, you haven't heard me defend Apple here once. And I don't. I don't, I don't particularly like Apple. Well, you don't own any Apple products. I don't own a here. single Apple product. Um, I, don't, I don't particularly like the way they, they have a closed ecosystem. I get why. They are the, <laughs> they are the right-wingers of the tech world. <laughs> Okay, it's a closed ecosystem. You have to do things exactly. They love order, and they won't. Yeah, they don't. They don't let you install their software on other hardware. They don't let you do the vice versa. It's it's all about order, and they like the form and the control that you you get with it. Um, but I like the fact that they exist, and I like the fact that uh, the fact that so many people buy their stuff means that they've created something that people want. But and let the, people and the, have choice and, and it influences other things as well. So you know, Absolutely. you know, Windows, Apple, Linux—they all copy each other. Um, exactly, and they all keep they each should. other on their on the on their toes. But where, you know, I, the, and again, 
people started pivoting towards uh, wireless charging as a, as a thing. So, again, I've got no, no problem with wireless charging. Obviously, if you mandate that something has to have a plug on it, if you invent something that doesn't need a plug, then that is innovating past the idea of a plug. But the concept, what you, what you are saying, and I asked this question, and of course this person pivoted completely away from answering this question. You are saying that the USB-C plug socket is perfection in plug socket terms. You're saying that there could be nothing possibly better and no possible improvement to the USB-C plug socket. And of course, they went on to a different argument. They're like, I'm saying that everything, literally everything, can either be improved or be superseded. I get that by moving to wireless charging, you're superseding it, replacing the need for it. But even the plug, you can improve the plug. I guarantee you can improve that plug. Well, so the Apple Lightning connector is better than the USB-C. There we go then. In, in my opinion. But in your opinion. Because it's smaller. And you know and it what? does exactly the same thing. And, and, and do you know what? And I said, if, if there's someone, there must be someone out there who's quite happy with their old micro USB-C stuff. For one thing, they might have a house full of micro USB-C cables. Well, I would rather, if, if I was going back to something, if I, if I had to have one connector for everything, for me, it would be the, the micro USB because I have more things than a micro USB. I have more micro USB cables. Yeah. So for me at the moment, it's not very environmentally friendly having to replace all of these cables and replace all of these phones. Right now, in fact, in fact, this is this is even better. So um, I have a new phone. I've only had it a couple of months. I have a Google Pixel Four. Um, so it's a very new phone that only came out in like October or whatever, and I, I pretty much got it, you know, when it came out. USB-C, absolutely fine. It also has wireless charging, but there's more than one standard of wireless charging. As soon as I plugged it into one of my existing USB-C chargers, in fact, a USB-C charger from a Google Pixel. So I went from the Google Pixel to the Google Pixel 4, uh, and uh, my wife's got a Google Pixel Three, and it's not that we haven't had other phones and other bits and pieces. And I tried a Huawei, and you know, I decided to ditch my Chinese overlords and went to the Pixel. All of these were USB-C, but my Huawei charger just plain doesn't work. The Google Pixel Three charger works with the Google Pixel charger, but neither of them will charge my Google Pixel Four at a high speed because you've now got quick charging, yeah? And you've got these different standards for rap sorry, rapid charging is the term that they use. So yes, it charges my phone, but it does it at such a snail's pace. So I, I now have to go and replace all of my cables and my chargers. All of your old USB-C chargers. Yes, because I need to charge my phone quickly. I want to charge, that is better for me to charge my phone quickly. And even though a rapid charger for USB-C works as to charge it slowly why would i want my slow i want to charge it slowly the the only place i've left those types of chargers next to my bed because i don't care as long as it takes <laughs> as long as it takes less than seven hours to charge then it doesn't matter but everywhere else i want quick charge so we have to try and work out what the standards are and i'm not moaning about the adoption of standards i'm not moaning about things improving i love the fact that my phone charges quicker but the idea that all you have to do is say, everyone needs to get USB-C, and that will solve everything, is nonsense, because people will innovate in other areas. R rant over about charges. Should we, should we wind this up? Probably should, because that wasn't a particularly left or right wing thing. But I like that we covered. We covered it, we went in some directions I didn't think we would go in then, 
in terms of defining and and redefining things like public ownership and power. So, uh, good topic. Thank you. So, thank you for watching and listening to Sounding Board. If you're on YouTube, uh, if you click the subscribe button and I think it's a little bell, which means you get notified whenever we whenever we release new podcasts. Um, and whichever podcast app you're using, you can subscribe to us and give us a rating. And please share us with your friends. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye.